Hello and welcome to NetCast, where we are taking an in-depth approach to sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. I am your host, Mark Hatfield, and I hope that you are encouraged by these studies in the Word of God. We invite your feedback and would love to have you as a regular part of our listening audience. Please stay with us for today's message. Warning, the following material is intended for mature audiences. While this is a Bible study, the Song of Songs is written with references to sexual themes, intimate textual innuendos, and suggestive figurative language that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It is recommended that you approach this book from God with pure motives and pray that His will in preserving these song lyrics can be a blessing to you. It is advisable that if you have been enjoying this podcast with young ears present, that you refrain from doing so at this time. Wait until you are in a private setting to continue. Thank you for taking this word of caution into consideration as we begin today's episode. Hello, and thank you for joining me here at NetCast in the Love Awakening series of Season 4. You are listening to Episode 17 in our study of the Song of Songs. This lesson is going to cover chapter 2, verses 10 through 13 in a message titled, RSVP, My Love. Let's take a moment to cover the trivia question from the last episode. I asked you in Song of Songs, chapter 2 and verse 10, what invitation does the girl say that her beloved extended to her? We did not have a listener response, so I'm going to read that passage for us today and provide the answer. Don't forget to listen for the new trivia question at the end of the show today, and if you know the answer, go ahead and send it my way. You could be featured on the next episode. In Song of Songs chapter 2 and verse 10 we find, My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. He calls upon his beautiful darling to come along with him. Today we're going to explore this invitation, but also the remainder of the text which reads, For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers have already appeared in the land, the time has arrived for pruning the vines, and the voice of the turtle dove has been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs, and the vines in blossom have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. How will she respond? He has certainly made the trip sound very enticing. We hear this invitation in verse 10 where the lover says, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. This phrase is repeated at the end of this invitation in verse 13 as well. In words that describe nature in full bloom, the lover calls his beloved to join him in the outdoor arena once more. We have all heard the expression, April showers bring May flowers. What we mean by this phrase is that we can look favorably on the rains because once they have passed, the flowers will bloom. There are positives that come from a season that can often be looked upon negatively. The lovers in the song must patiently endure the wait for love because the time will come when the season for love will be in full bloom. During the spring of each year, we look forward with hope to the fresh flowers, the birds chirping, the new crops being planted and cultivated, etc. What we have here is a message from the lover for his beloved girl to look forward with expectation to the fact that the cold, dark days are over and the rains are gone. 
she can now have the blossoming of new hope in their relationship. The winter snow and rain are necessary in order for the blooming of spring to arrive. This may well represent the period of time when these two young people need to hold their feelings in check until the time has arrived for their lovemaking. Again, even though the lover expresses this time of blooming has arrived, there is nothing in the text that suggests that they have married and are able to completely go and fulfill every desire with one another. This could be her imagining his arrival and his invitation, as she had expressed in previous verses. The text says, My beloved responded and said to me, which means that she is reiterating what the invitation was to her. We mentioned earlier how the lover may have been trying to peek into the house of the young girl to behold her beauty and draw her away. Well, in verse 14, which we will explore much deeper next time, we will see him refer to her as his dove, and then he expresses his desire to see her lovely form and hear her voice. Was the invitation accepted from the previous verses? Perhaps these verses show us his continued desire and anticipation for his beloved girl. He calls her by a pet name, My Dove. He speaks in delicate words that only a sincere love would allow. He is calling on her and hoping that she would come away with him. Some have suggested with the varying mood changes in the girl, for example, in chapter 2 and verse 5, she's reeling with desire. Then in chapter 1 and verse 5, she was troubled with self-image. She may be playing hard to get, even though she knows she will eventually be caught. She may be displaying the same attitude that her lover had shown in the previous encounter between the two of them, where the lover challenged the girl to come and find him among the other shepherds in their tents. Now she is in hiding and longing to be sought after. He describes her as being in the cleft of the rock and up a steep cliff where he cannot see her or hear her voice. The use of the word dove may suggest that she has flown to a place that is a challenge for him to reach. This certainly makes sense in seeing that when she sees him arriving, she says, He is coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills. He is asking her to come and go with him. This could also represent that while she remains at home, she is like a bird in a cage and he needs her to step away from that prison to the freedom of the open world with him. If indeed she is being shy and standoffish, perhaps this cycle has another reference to her low self-esteem. Maybe she is again questioning her beauty and she is desiring her lover's reaffirmations. When the lover desires to see her form or appearance, there may be more in mind than simply having her in view. They both share the longing of being together and fully expressing in action their love for each other. This may be a reference to how he wants to see the girl undressed and behold her true form. She seems to be hidden by the nooks and crannies of her apparel. When they are close like this, the voice being sweet may represent the sweet nothings that those in love often whisper to each other. This may be the meaning of calling her dove, and that up to this point she may have been very innocent and modest, but he cannot wait until they will reveal all that they have to offer to each other. See chapter 5 verse 15 for the word appearance, and notice how it describes his body. Although I feel it would be safe to proceed without mentioning the understanding that these things are presently not being fulfilled, we must bear in mind that up to this point, these are desires stated that have not become a reality. In Song of Songs chapter 8 verses 13 and 14, the book ends in similar fashion as we're reading now. If indeed the lover has ideas of undress and his invitation, then the wall and the windows and the lattice of the previous verses in our last episode represent more than restrictions of being shut within her house or playing hard to get, but rather speaks of the clothing that restricts his view to her beautiful natural form. 
And just to make sure you're not thinking this is too far-fetched, if you go to Song of Songs 8, 9, and 10, she is described as a door or a wall in reference to how easily she is accessed as a young lady. Regardless, he knows that her form will be beautiful and her voice will be sweet when she decides to give herself to him. Let this be a lesson of sexual purity. Even though we may not always be strong ourselves, the plea from the girl earlier was, Do not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases. Chapter 2, verse 7. Michael Frayne once commented, No woman is so naked as the one you can see to be naked underneath her clothes. Since nakedness is always associated with shame outside of marriage in the scriptures, we can know that at this point in the relationship of our song, that the time is not appropriate for them to be undressed in front of one another. The original marriage had no shame with being naked before sin. In Genesis 2.25 we learn, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Marriage must be a priority before it is proper to see someone in the nude. After sin, the man and his wife were ashamed of their nakedness and hid themselves among the trees of the Garden of Eden before the Lord actually clothed them in Genesis 3, verse 10 and Genesis 3 and verse 21. They were allowed to be naked with one another, but now the nakedness was apparent to them and it could not be displayed openly. God even made laws against seeing nakedness in Leviticus 20, 17 to 23, for example. Moving forward, being stripped naked became equivalent with being in sin. Jeremiah 13, 22, Revelation 16, and verse 15. The only time today where nakedness is acceptable is in the one flesh union of marriage and is to be maintained in privacy. A spouse should be the only one that knows the most intimate form of a lover. The visuals of the body and the pleasures of the physical union are not to be shared with anyone outside of marriage. As if it weren't appealing enough for the young lovers to be together, the conditions are described as perfect by the lover to his dove for coming out into nature where they can be together and share their love. By way of spiritual application this week, the Lord has given us a call of the gospel. He has invited us, in essence. It is a message of good news that he proclaims to us that we don't have to live in the winters of life anymore or the storms of life forever. Listen to the words of Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercy shown to David." Behold, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know, and a nation which knows you not will run to you, because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon." For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. 
for you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up, and instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up, and it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. All that we have to do is leave our past and start a new life with Him, and we get to see the new season has begun. He has prepared a season of renewal, a season of growth, a season of peace, and the tender blessings of His love. We are asked to come away and be separate, be innocent lovers of the Lord. We are not to be continually ashamed of our past, as in His eyes He sees the beauty in us. We are to let Him love us in spite of our mistakes, and He is ready to give us the peace that we have hoped would come to pass. He pleads over and over again that we would accept His invitation to love. We have to make certain that we do not deny this opportunity to be loved for all eternity. I hope you will respond soon. Now let's have a look at our questions for this episode. Number one is, how do self-esteem and our distance from a lover play a role in our willingness to accept an invitation to love or to be loved? Number two, comparing the seasons mentioned in this part of our study, explain how the winter and rain relate to our lives as opposed to the sunny, blossoming season of spring. Number three, it is clear that the conditions of birds singing, flowers blooming, and sun shining are the most desirable conditions. Why do you think the cold, rainy periods are necessary in light of the desire for the change in the seasons? Number four, when you consider the Lord calling you to come away with him to a fruitful paradise full of the fragrances of the flowers where nature is fully alive, why would someone choose to stay where they are instead of accepting the invitation? And number five, and probably the most important question is this, have you responded to the invitation of the Lord and what is holding you back? Well, this concludes our episode for today. Please join us next time as we discuss Song of Songs, Chapter 2, verses 14 through 17, in a message called The Little Foxes. Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you to take advantage of the special offer that is connected with the Love Awakening series. If you partner with Netcast during our fourth season, I will be sending you the complete textual outline of the Song of Songs, but I will also be including the supplemental PowerPoint to guide you in your study. If you want to become a partner or make a donation, you can send PayPal donations using netcasthost at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash netcast to learn more about how you can get on board with this podcast. If you are not able to support this ministry effort financially at this time, would you please consider doing one of the following? First, please subscribe and continue to be a dedicated listener. Next, please share Netcast with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe. Finally, consider leaving a review for the podcast so that your positive feedback could encourage others to listen. Take a few moments after we sign off today to visit our website at netcasthost.com. Here you're going to find transcripts of the podcast on the blog. You can sign up for our free newsletter, become a member, and join Netcast absolutely free, which will give you access to hidden portions of the podcast host site like our members forum and so much more. Don't forget to check out our social media sites on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to like and follow the podcast as we use these sites to keep you current on what is happening with Netcast. All new episodes are announced on these media outlets. Before you exit the podcast today, I want to ask you a trivia question for our next episode. In Song of Songs, chapter 2 and verse 15, what are the little foxes doing? 
If you know the answer, please visit our trivia link on the website at netcasthost.com forward slash trivia. If you provide the correct answer, you could be featured on the next episode. God bless you richly in Jesus Christ, our Lord.